Welcome to One Tired Teacher, episode 100, Five Genuine Components of Developing a Maker Mindset. So today we have hit 100 episodes. I cannot even believe it. I can believe when I started like 100 weeks ago doing One Tired Teacher and man, has it changed. So I am just so thankful for your support and your listening. And I, I just can't even tell you because it's been such a long road. And it's been really unbelievable. I have had the chance to, to interview some outstanding educators throughout these, you know, couple of years. And I am just really proud to be a part of One Tired Teacher. So today, to celebrate, I have posted, if you are listening to this actually on Thursday, then you will know that I have posted in my Instagram page and on my Facebook group, Makerspace Moments, um, no, Makerspace Thinking and Learning with Trina Devery, Teaching and Learning. Sometimes I get confused. Um, yeah, so I have posted in both both of those um, spaces to let you know that we are celebrating the 100th episode and I want to hear what episode is your favorite. And you will be entered to win if you can answer this for an Amazon gift card and I will be drawing that on Friday. And I'm excited to tell you who will win those Amazon gift cards. And I, and I also want to say thank you so much. And while I'm talking about it, I might as well tell you that if you're feeling like you want to rate or, you know, review the show, I would be so, so thankful. And I'd love if you were to subscribe. So today we are going to be talking about a maker mindset because that is one of my favorite things to talk about. And I'm excited to share that with you. So I hope you stick around. Welcome to One Tired Teacher. And even though she may need a nap, this teacher is ready to wake up and speak her truth about the trials and treasures of teaching. Here she is, wide awake. Wait, she's not asleep right now, is she? She, she is awake, right? Okay. From Trina Debery Teaching and Learning, your host, Trina Debery. Hey. So we are going to be talking about a maker mindset. But before we get started with that, I just I have to really deeply say how thankful I am for your support. And I, it really truly means a lot to me. And if you want to be more connected and you want to, you know, you want to, you want to share your thoughts on an episode or you would like to be on that on the podcast. I'm actually looking for teachers, media specialists, um, STEM teachers, any kind of, you know, even if you're a parent and you have created a makerspace or you want to create a makerspace, I'd love to talk to you on the podcast. I put this in my email. And if you don't receive my emails, then why don't you go sign up for my makerspace exit tickets? And you can find those at MS Exit Tickets um, at Trina Teaching and Learning.com forward slash 
MS exit tickets. You can find those and you can grab those and that will help you give, give a quick little assessment just to make everybody happy because we know how that can be. And I love the power of makerspace and kids thinking and outside of the box and really like diving in and building and using creativity and collaboration and community and critical thinking. And, oh, I know I'm forgetting one of those really powerful C's. And I just think it's really important. But if we have to have some of those elements where people are wondering what exactly are they doing, even though I think there's a lot of ways to us to, to, to assess kids, one of which I think can be observation. Another way I think that we can do that is even in how, you know, how they're developing a new solution and what that looks like and how they're able to talk about it and how they're able to compare and how they're able to reflect. I think all those things are really powerful um, observations and can be done with some really quick, easy think sheets. But if we want to get a little bit more specific and maybe make it a pretty short little formative assessment, I think an exit ticket can be really helpful. So I'm giving those, I'm giving those away. And all you have to do is, you know, write in your name, share your email address, and I will send those right to you. And then you get to be on my email list. And I give away, I just gave away a Halloween makerspace moment in literature to my email list. And I give away things. I offer discounts. I let you know when things are on sale. I share weekly information. I let you know when there's a new podcast episode. There's lots of really great reasons to join us. And then if you are feeling inclined and you want to write me back, I love that. So I hope that you will you will grab those and join join the community. It's pretty exciting. So let's get to the show today. And that is five genuine components of developing a maker mindset. And a makerspace, I'm talking about this today on my 100th episode, because makerspace is like something that I feel so passionate about and something I'm so, so excited about, because I think it has the possibility to really reshape what's going on in education. And speaking for my personal self, like I am in the media center this year, and my sole goal is to get kids to fall in love with reading and learning. And I have, you know, I, my, my first part of the year, I've really spent a lot of time focusing on getting kids to love to read. And I'm so happy to say that that is happening. And the next part, I have another, I have more goals than that. I, I had a lot of goals that had to do with technology, but I've been very limited in that area. Unfortunately, that has not been a priority. So I'm going to make it work and I'm going to figure it out. But I do have a makerspace and I'm excited about that. I'm excited to like roll that out, especially as we, as you know, I gather more components of that. And I think that can be really exciting. So and it is really exciting because it's already really exciting. And I, I can't wait to just build build more onto that because I've done it before in another media center and it was, it just made a huge difference. So 
I'm I'm really all about the maker mindset. So let's talk about that. So, you know, when we're talking about a genuine component of developing a maker mindset, we got to look at what a maker mindset is. And that really is the mindset of believing that it begins with so much possibility, the possibility of making. And most importantly, we need to remember that the space and the tools do not define the maker space. I really want you to hear me on that. The space and the tools don't define the space. It's actually the ability to see the possibility. I think that's so powerful. Like that's the beauty of a maker space. You see the possibility and having that mindset is just crucial, especially if you're really wanting to dive into this area, because there's so much more to it than just like, I'm going to put together this corner of my room and add some tools. This is like, this is actually embracing a whole philosophy, which I, which I absolutely love. All right. So Creating a makerspace, it yes, it definitely takes time, and it does take some materials. It does take space ideas, and it. But the the biggest and most important part of it is really developing that maker mindset. So let's talk about the genuine components we need to develop the maker mindset. So first of all, the first thing that we need to do, step number one, is we need to give students the permission to play. This is one of my very favorite aspects of Makerspace. It feels like play. And yes, I'm going to address tying all these standards standards in in case you need a defense or like some solid data for incorporating Makerspace because let's get real. Admin wants to know what you're doing with it, how it ties to standards, what are your outcomes, and I, I totally get that. And I am going to really address this. I've been working on a Makerspace course titled Mastering Makerspace from Zero to Amazing. So don't worry, I've got you covered. We're going to be talking about standards in there and how we can defend these incredible spaces. So hang on for that. It's coming in the next several months and working really hard on it. And I've got I've gotten a lot of good feedback from some people that I highly respect. And so it's going to be I'm excited. So let's get back to giving your, your students permission to play. So play is essential for children. It is the way in which they process their world and their emotions and more learning environments should be incorporating play. Now I know there's like some, there's like some anti-play articles where they're like, it shouldn't be about play. It should be about what they're learning and the depth of their learning. But I think those people have missed the point because depth of learning can occur when kids feel like they are playing. That's, that's the beauty of it. And it's, it is, it really is essential. It's the way that in which that children really process their world and their emotions and more learning environments really should be incorporating play into them. So developmental psychologist, Peter Gray, he argues that free play is the primary means by which people learn to control their lives solve problems, get along with peers, and become emotionally resilient. So we're talking like developing that grit, that emotional grit, which is which is so lacking, especially right now in this day and age, because we've got kids that are, 
you know, dealing with trauma, dealing with stress, dealing with COVID, dealing with all these things that are making things so hard for them. And like, we're taking away physical touch and we're taking away collaboration and we, we cannot take away play. We have to allow these kids to be kids. We have to hold on to these really important, vital elements of childhood. And too often our educational systems, they really disregard the power of play in fostering creativity and the passion that naturally exists within children. And as a result, students are taught to abandon these innate senses, sense of curiosity and expression. And, and they're trained to see that teachers, they're, they're really, they look at teachers as the be all end all of authority. And similarly, similarly, I can't even say that word this morning. Also, teachers will look to the administration for examples of acceptance, you know, and, and examples of what is acceptable use of class time. And, as, and I just feel like as educators, we often create additional pressure to stay the course and we stick to this, these pacing guides and we're at risk of being responsive to our students, their needs and their passions. Instead, let's, let's all agree to offer up permission to engage an intellectual play and bring this theory into practice. And I think that that's, I think that's really vital. So these are some things to consider when you think about, you think about that theory of allowing students to, to really like push back and to be, and like for us to be responsive and for kids to be like utilizing play and, and, and able to like work through some things in their lives. So one of the things that we can do to bring this theory to life is we can create more opportunities for collaborative brainstorming to problem solve, you know, with, for, with new ideas like this really can make a huge difference when we give children the opportunity to, to, to speak with one another. And I know it's hard when we have them physically separated, but we can still do this. We can still, it's just going to be a little louder and we, or we can use tools like Google docs to allow them to share their thinking in a, in a Google, Google docs, uh, um, form or not form, but it's like, I, I can't even think of the word, like a word processing kind of document, which is, which you share the link and, and, and all the students can actually be on it at the same time. So they can like share their thinking, or you can do it in a smaller group, which I think would be a lot easier to manage. And if you're wanting to see who has which idea, a good, a good thing to do is to give students different colors, like, you know, the, all of your number ones in your group, and you can still do teams, even if you're separated, you can, you know, I've seen some teachers put these big boxes around the desks, even if though they're six feet apart. And so they have put boxes so that you still know that you're a team. And I think that that is, I, th- I think that's great. I'm so glad that people are holding on to that collaborative mentality. But anyway, so you can still have like all your number ones using red and all your number twos using blue and all your number three using green and all your number fours using orange or whatever, so that you have a good sense of who is, who's participating. But another thing to do is to provide students materials and tasks such as an inventor's box to really elicit the outside of the box thinking and um, getting them to design 
a new product or a new creation and allowing more free time for self-exploration through mechanisms such as makerspace moments, which I also have talked a lot about and I will be talking more about in my course and I'll also be talking more about it on the podcast because I really want to focus on 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 makerspace and things that are that have to do with that in the next several weeks. So hopefully you will you'll stick around for that. But one of my favorite like children's books is called Lily's Purple Plastic Purse and they have what's called a light bulb lab in their classroom and I think of that as like a really cool like innovators makerspace type of area and I think that's I think that's so awesome that Kevin Hankus thinks of that and puts that in Lily's Pearl Plastic Purse or even Genius Hour I've heard a lot about Genius Hour as well and if you haven't heard about that definitely google it because it's really interesting so the things that these things can do like this this self-exploration time like it really builds up those maker muscles and kids learn to explore and grow in the skills of collaboration and communication and creativity and critical thinking just like if you want to be better at a particular skill like a sport or a task you have to practice you need to practice these habits as well and this might look different like in, in your classroom, like a maker space might be an unstructured time. It could be, you know, it could be a time that you are tying it specifically to literature standards or STEM, or you, it could be like a great place to have a soft opener. And I just think students will need these frequent opportunities to try on their role of a maker. And sometimes it can be structured and sometimes it can be unstructured. So let's really give them these those chances. I also think it's important for kids to reflect. You want to add in reflection here because this is a critical component of maker mindset and one that is often really overlooked and, and many times neglected due to time. But this is where the magic lies. To, and you, to ensure that students are intellectually and emotionally engaged, it is critical to reflect on their learning while making. It adds that metacognitive piece that is so vital for kids to really deeply understand something. Reflection is built in, it's kind of like that pause point where the teacher asks students to mentally mentally step outside of the task in front of them and think about themselves as learners which I think is really cool. And by doing this, students take the time to consider the consequences of their actions and they rethink how they may approach a future challenge. And ref- and they and the reflecting daily will ensure that students are constantly thinking about themselves, their behavior, their failures, and their celebrations. Reflection asks our, your students to see themselves where they are and where they need to go. And I think that that is really, really important in developing that maker mindset. And I just, you know, I just, it's just, it's that, it's that mental piece of it that really makes these kind of spaces so powerful. So that mindset is, is, is really important for this. Something else to consider when you're like really considering, like really thinking about like genuine ways of developing that mindset beyond like building those muscles and reflecting. Another thing to think about is, is building in some accountability even. And I know this word is so annoying. I get so tired of the word accountability. Like sometimes it makes me want to scream, it's, it, but it probably brings 
it really probably brings about a feeling of dread for you. But let's let's not do this in this situation. Because we really want to uphold the, the rigor of making and there should be a purpose and a final outcome for students. And this, and this could actually be, even just holding them accountable, could actually be their, them creating a final product. It may be an exit ticket with a reflection point. And that, you know, they're, they're just writing quickly like what they made or how, you know, what problem they overcame or what failure they want to celebrate or, you know, it's something very simple. And like I said, I do have some um, sample exit tickets available for your makerspace that's pretty general. So you could pretty use it much, pretty much use it in any kind of makerspace setting. And I will link to those in the show notes. And also you can grab them at Trina Debris teaching and learning.com MS exit tickets. MS is for makerspace and it's all one word makerspace exit tickets, MS exit tickets. Another thing to think about is to cultivate an appreciation for failure. This is like one of the most important aspects of really developing that maker mindset. It's a huge one. And we want kids to know that failure is part of learning and that it's okay and it's ex- and that we are expected to fail. And it's how we recover that matters. It's what we learn from this experience. It's important to not only reward creative thinking, but also to highlight and celebrate failure. And really too often students view failure as something unacceptable and derogatory and they, and they will go to great efforts to avoid it. And I think a lot of adults go to great efforts to avoid it. Me, me included, me especially. Like I, for a long time, was like, I can't fail. I've got to do this perfectly. Oh, and it's so exhausting to think like that. And it's so not realistic. And really, in fact, some of the greatest inventions and ideas were born out of struggle and failure. Frameworks such as design thinking make this acknowledgement feel natural through the initial stages of a project. Trying as many things as possible is essential to beginning any making. It's why it has its own name, prototyping. Celebrating failure can also happen simply through quick reflections put up on on a maybe even on a wall, like our favorite fail wall. I think that's so cool. Our favorite fail. I got that idea from, I don't know if it was in a blog or a podcast or a teacher, but I thought our favorite fails, like how cool is that? And, or really simply sharing them out and like celebrating them, making it a celebration when we fail so that kids understand that it's okay to do that. And that's how we learn. We must ex- exercise this dis- the discipline to refrain from attaching too quickly to an idea just because it's new. And making really is no exception. So to truly prepare ourselves to be successful in this new venture, let's be sure we set our students up to have the right mindset to be courageous inventors. Okay, so hopefully you've got a little bit of an understanding of why it's so important to have that maker, that maker mindset. It really is like at the beginning of thinking about what you're going to do with a makerspace or what you're going to do with a genius hour or a uh, light bulb lab. So hopefully this helped you th- really think through some of those important parts of like changing that mindset. 
This one tired teacher is super excited that we are on episode 100. I hope that you will share your favorite podcast episode on my Instagram link or my Facebook group so that you can be entered to win an Amazon gift card. And don't forget, if you're looking for some Makerspace X tickets, you can grab those at Trina Devery Teaching and Learning forward slash MS exit tickets, all one word. This one tired teacher is feeling like she may need a little fall nap. <laughs> Until next time, sweet dreams and sleep tight. <laughs>